Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 148 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio. Thanks for checking out the podcast. In this episode of our 2022 previews, I had the pleasure of sitting down again to talk with arguably, well, no argument here as far as I'm concerned, the greatest Gold Coast Sun supporter in Victoria. And I'm thrilled to be able to sit down again with Linton Martin to talk about the Suns. This young man is extraordinarily knowledgeable about this club, both the AFL and AFLW sides. And it's an absolute pleasure to talk to him and just to kind of uh, be able to see his excitement about this young club bubbling up. And it's just in you're going to learn just how much this young man really, really does love this club. Don't forget that you can find everything related to this podcast at the website, ayankonthefooty.com. I do hope you'll consider checking it out. You can leave me a voicemail there. You can get on my mailing list. You can also leave me a written message if you want to. And perhaps the best thing besides the mailing list is if you really like the show and you want to head over there and leave me a five-star review, that'd be absolutely fantastic. That'd be a huge, huge help to the show. And if you'd like, really like the show and you want to uh, help it out, you can click on the Buy Me a Coffee button in the bottom left-hand corner. And if you're interested in any of the podcast gear, you can click on my Redbubble page up on the store button up at the top. And I do hope that you enjoy my chat with friend of the podcast, Linton Martin. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my guest for our Gold Coast Suns preview is no stranger to the show. He was kind enough to join the podcast last year to preview the Suns, and he is back again. And he is, I think I can safely say, and you know what, I can guarantee he is the biggest Sun supporter in Melbourne. I'd like to welcome Linton Martin back to the podcast. Linton, thanks for coming on today, sir. Thank you, Craig. It's a pleasure to be back. Yeah, this is this is a uh, this is going to become, I think, a uh, a ritual for us, you know. So I, I'm I'm thrilled to be talking to you about the Suns. You know, it's. This is a club that, uh, you know, a lot of people like to look at and go, they're, they're never getting, you know, one step forward, two steps back constantly, but there are some good things that are happening there that have accompanied some bad things that happened earlier in training this year. But, uh, you know, for those folks that didn't listen to the, the episode last year, how is it that somebody who was born and raised in Melbourne, if I'm not mistaken, become a Sun supporter? Well, it was pretty much just as it happened. It just happened randomly. Um, the new clubs came in in the back end of 2009, 2010. We came in 2011. The Giants came in in 2012. And I wanted to be part of something from the beginning whether it was going to be a success, whether it was going to be a struggle, support something from the get-go, stay loyal to it. And that's what I have done with the Gold Coast. I don't like Sydney. I don't like New South Wales. And for those that don't know, Melbourne and Sydney don't have a good relationship. Um, <laughs> a bit of a complex one. So a Melbourne person's not going to follow a Sydney team. So I chose Gold Coast, not as a process of elimination. I've always enjoyed Queensland, been 
favourable with Queensland, the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. Excited that they're going to be hosting the 2032 Olympics. So I chose the Gold Coast. It's a bit of a relaxed lifestyle. It's a bit of a um, relaxed community club. So Geelong is another community club because it's the one club in the city, in the area. The community really gets behind the team. And the Gold Coast, it does too. I walk down the street um, when I'm up there for games and the locals are saying, you know, good luck to the Suns. How did they go? They want the team to do well. Mm-hmm. So the community thing really sticks with me and that's who I'm, what I'm about. So that's why I picked Gold Coast. And how have your, you know, you are in at university right now. I think you said you're in your second year at university. Yeah. How, how have your, you know, cause you've been a Gold Coast fan during your years in, in, you know, high school and that sort of thing as well. How did your, and, and you are in, you are in the epicenter of footy. How, how did your, how did your friends react to you when you decided I'm a Gold Coast supporter and how have they reacted over the years? Well, the good thing is if I take Gold Coast things to school, I don't need to put my name on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so in primary school is when I became a Gold Coast supporter when they, we came in. So that was midway through primary school. I was known as the mad Gold Coast fan. The okay. friends knew, the teachers knew. I bumped into a teacher from my primary school a few weeks ago and she said, oh, you're still following those signs? I said, yep, I'm not changing. Um, when I got to secondary school, because secondary school, the kids always and the teachers always knew me as a Gold Coast um, fan, a passionate Gold Coast fan, a loyal Gold Coast fan. Mm-hmm. And Monday mornings would be interesting. If you've had a heavy defeat, you want to change the subject. If right. you win, Monday mornings are really good, particularly... Oh, last year when we beat Richmond, unfortunately, I was out of school. But I would have loved to be at school that Monday and just give it to those Richmond fans that have uh-huh. been teasing me, um, provoking me. You know, really putting the um, putting it into me that Gold Coast are getting thumped week in week out. But when we win, it's so special. And I would have loved to make finals when we were at school, so I could always show the kids. You know, you you're not going to be successful all the time, but you stay with the club, you stay supporting, you stay loyal. Eventually the reward will come and it will be very special. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely true. You're at, that is, that's a great point. What, what's the, uh, there was a movie and I cannot remember the name, remember the name of the movie, but there was a line that somebody said that uh, in the movie that the juice was worth the squeeze. Mm-hmm. So what, once once the the regular season is over and you look at the you look at the ladder and you see something eight or lower next to gold coast you're going to be the happiest person in melbourne Hmm. yeah i i know that's going to happen so i i you know we we talked uh the last time that we uh we discussed the suns um you had a, and you actually went and pulled them out of your closet because you had, you had like a, a green screen behind you at the time, if I'm not mistaken, but you, you don't have that today and that's perfectly fine. But then you, you kind of went behind the green screen and pulled out a whole bunch of Suns jumpers. Now, how many, how many of those do you have now? Do you, because if I remember correctly, you had like 20 of them last year, might've even been a little more than that, but how many do you have now? 
Well, I've got 35 now. 35. Um, and I was very lucky. I was talking to Craig off air and you, Craig, off air. And I was lucky that I was selected last year in the Gold Coast Suns Members Team of the Year. And I've also been very fortunate to now be selected in this year's Women's AFLW Members Team of the Year. And last year, Noah Anderson, a star player, he's going to be something that people need to watch out for because he could potentially make the All-Australian squad this year. Mm-hmm. The 40-man squad, maybe even the team if he has a dominant season. But he actually wore my name on the back of his jumper. Wow. So if you're watching the game, you may have seen it. And he signed what, the jumper. And the what jumper round was that? That was round 22, I think, late in the season against Essendon. Unfortunately, we didn't get up. But that was one of our home games that got moved to Geelong. Okay. Um, Great so, place to play from what I hear. Yeah, it was. It was like okay. fans were. Um, now, did, fans were you were, at that game? No, fans weren't allowed. Okay, weren't. Fans. Okay, okay. But I was at the Geelong game earlier in the season. Okay. And we put it up to Geelong. Our, we, you know, we gave it a good crack, and we just couldn't kick straight, and that ended up costing us. But we were riding the game until late in the third quarter, and mm-hmm. that's something that we did regularly last year. We just fell away in that final quarter. So if we can just build on that for this year we might start to see some results start to flow in and get those W's on the board. Now, will that will that jumper eventually go into a frame and be hung on your wall in your living room so that when well, you are an adult, that's something you're going to be able to, to tell your friends about? Well, I think you can kind of see Craig on the video. I don't have a lot of room in my room to put any frames up. So when I do move out and... I get my own place. I will go. definitely got a few jumpers I want to be putting up. That's one of them. And I could even, I've probably got enough stuff to make a Gold Coast Museum. So <laughs> I'll, I'll have a, um, probably a special room that's got all my prize memorabilia and there'll be a special place for the premiership poster, premiership frame. And I'm determined if we win a premiership to get a match worn jumper and that can add to my collection. I, I, I appreciate the optimism. That's that's. And, it will happen in my lifetime eventually. Okay, I, and that's something. I'm 58, so I I don't I don't like to I don't like to say that it's something's going to happen in my lifetime because I, I I don't know how long that's going to be. But uh, <laughs> I've, if, I've um, had a lot, if I go back and pretend that I you know I was a fan in 2011, I can say yeah the cats are going to win in 2011 in my lifetime. Uh, <laughs> If I get to your age and we haven't played in the grand final or won a premiership, men or women, uh-huh. by then I would be very disappointed and shattered because I think we're capable of winning one, not in the next year or two, but mm-hmm. definitely in the next 10, 20 years at a minimum. And okay. the w- women's team, which I've been a big follower and supporter of, I can start to um, we were we're, with the women this year we were pushing the finals we've just missed out but we've got a lot of 20 year olds 19 year olds 18 year olds so that team's got the nucleus for success in the girls and we could definitely start to challenge for a premiership in that and the men are paving the way with a young developing uh great culture at the club as well so we could start to see some success with the men as well so both teams are in a great position position at the moment yeah, it is a, uh, you know, I, I, I think that 
something that happened this past week was a really, really good sign for Gold Coast footy. And yes, unfortunately, this young man, Ben King, um, injured his knee in training and won't be playing this year. But for the and, and if you're a footy fan, you have to have seen this, but I'll go ahead and mention it anyway. But, you know, he signed a, you know, he has a twin brother who plays back in Melbourne. And, and since the two of them have been in the comp, you know, it's been said nothing more than, you know, well, when, when Ben's contract runs out, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be the, uh, you know, the, the two key forwards for whatever club they happen to end up at, you know, whether it's St. Kilda or, or wherever, but. Okay. He, yeah. Well, well, that could, that may happen now, but, but it's, you know, he, he injured his knee, but he signed a two-year contract extension, which I, I, I think that has to just make the, you know, the, the Gold Coast supporter in you think maybe this is finally starting to come together because, you know, you've been following this, this club since its inception and you've, you've seen instances and maybe last year it began with Tuke Miller signing his contract extension. That might've been the first domino to fall to, to let people know that maybe the culture has started to change there. You know, that you, you said that, it, you know, you talked about how the city is kind of a laid back, you know, place for footy that, you know, where, where, a player can go out and, you know, walk the streets and not necessarily get a, you know, a cost. It isn't the right word, but, you know, you know, get chased down for photos and autographs and that sort of thing. Cause there's some semblance of anonymity there. Now, hopefully for the, the, the benefit of the club that changes, because if, if, if that changes, that means the club's going to have be having some success and people are going to start recognizing this club. But, getting Tuke Miller signed for a few more years, Ben King signing on for two more years. And I've heard that I've heard rumblings that uh, um, if I'm not mistaken. It was Isaac Rankin. Who's you know, that everybody keeps saying he's going back to South Australia and you know, that he may be deciding to stay in, in, in the gold coast. And uh, who was the other name? Was it, was it Lacocious that they were mentioning? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll mention all these players. They're all in the same age. They are great mates. They want to see success in the team. Mm -hmm. And re-signing gets that belief, you know, he's committed. He's committed. He's committed. We all want to be committed to work together to get that success. Because at the end of the day, the only players, the only people that can change the results on field are the players. So if they stick together, Mm -hmm. once they start to hit their prime in the next year, two, three, four years, we will start to see the results coming. And a lot of the time, yes, we've been playing young young teams, but they're getting that experience playing together as a team, starting to know what their teammates are like on field, how to have those combinations on field. The same things that's happening with the women's team at the moment, you're seeing that experience of game starting to be accumulated. Right, and it's right. going to be very positive um, for the next few years. And these play I I always thought banking was staying. He's never shown any interest of going back to Melbourne. Yes, he would he did support St. Kilda growing up, mm-hmm. but he likes playing under the radar, just going about his business, focusing on his footy, not having to watch your back when you're going through the streets like you would in Melbourne. Um, oh, there's Ben King, get an autograph, get a photo. Can't even go out for a coffee without someone recognizing you. So I'm very confident the young men at the Gold Coast are really starting to build a strong culture and it's all player led it's not from the club 
the club starts to, you know, do some things to aid the culture, but it's all player-led and that's a positive thing for the club. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned player-led because one of the things I was going to ask you about is something that's been talked about an awful lot, that there is a, there is an ominous specter hanging over Stuart Dew that this may be, you know, his final year as the senior coach and huh maybe the AFL would love to see oh I don't know some coach who left his club last year who's had a hell of a lot of experience winning premierships that might be looking for a job somewhere that maybe that that's somebody who might want to step into that spot now I'm not I'm not wishing ill of Stuart do I'm not saying that he should be shown the door or anything but that is something that has been talked about and you know the, the discussion is 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 where's Clarko going to end up next year if he ends up anywhere well Michael Malthouse legendary coach coach Collingwood coach West Coast to premierships uh-huh. he went to Carlton did it work out no so just because he's won premiership Clarko doesn't mean he's going to be able to um, win premierships at the next club he goes to wherever that may be now, I'm confident that we will get the results on the board doesn't have to be wins exactly but mm-hmm. starting to see that belief and I think he will um, re-sign two to three years contract extension for Stuart Chew. The players love him. And you talk about the players playing for your coach. Well, he's a good relationship coach. Our last coach, Rocket Ede, yes, he had the experience, but sometimes he was a bit of, um, didn't have the best relationships with players. So that's where there's a change of heart now that the players love Stuart Chu. Stuart Chu loves the players. The club loves what he's doing. And all this hard work that we've seen since he came in 20, 2018 was a building year. He was evaluating what worked, what didn't. From right, 2019, right. the first year of his plan, and you've seen the growth in the team. So it's like Clarko coming through, coming in next year, getting the premiership, and it's all Stuart Chu's hard work that he gets rewarded for. So no, that's, I that's would a fair like- statement. I would like Stuart Jew to continue on, and I think he will continue on. He wants to be there. The club likes what he's doing. Um, if we, we, it doesn't have to be win-loss. If we start to get those results early on, mm-hmm. some big wins against some good teams, but just staying in, being a fight for the eight, even if we do fall off later in the season, but still build. The second half of the year, we've got a pretty easy draw too. So if we're around the hunt at the bye, we can really charge home um, in the back end of the season and challenge for a spot in the top eight. So if we're fighting for a top, top eight spot, I think Stuart Jew will stay and a two to three contract year contract extension is my prediction. Well, I, I'm going to take offense to that statement because you played Geelong the second to last game of the season. <laughs> yep, at home. And who did yes. we beat last Monday night at home? I know, I know, I know. Yes, you did. We've beaten yes, two did. preliminary finalists in the preseason. Yes, it's just a practice game, but it has to mean for something. You oh. don't just come out and beat two prelim finalist teams from last year if you're not good. It has or you to, don't it, have anything. It has to bring some confidence to you. And again, because you know, the, you know, the club had kind of set, you know, here's what we were going to be doing. We've got our we've got our key forward that's going to be coming in and and you know, you know, kicking 50 goals for us. And oh crap, his knee's gone for this year. Just so, on that. Yeah. On that, it's a positive. It is a positive. Yes, we want to have him out there. But when he comes back, we'll be unpredictable because we've got lots of players that would have experience playing those roles 
knowing how to kick goals, not just mm-hmm. banking. If Ben King's having a bad day, we've got other players that can step up, step up and kick goals. Levi Casbolt, great right. recruit last right. year. He'll be very handy. Um, Jack Lukosius has had some um, some games in the forward half now, and that's where he played coming up the ranks as an under-18. So he's probably going to be strong in there. Malby Old Chole from Richmond. He right, had a right. great game against Geelong. So we've got these Mac Andrew, a draftee. He hasn't played a game yet for the Suns, but he's another promising youngster. So we've got those players that can... Uh, it's not. It's going to be tough to fill these big shoes, Ben Kings, mm-hmm. but we've got players that can at least um, change that. Last year, we had um, Jared Wicks go down with his injury, and we had a few other rucks. Um, Zach Smith also go down early. So we were playing without a ruck. Right, right. He's back. At least we've got players that are forwards that can come in. We're not playing a backman in the forward line because we've got no one else. Yeah, that's a great point. And you know, you've got you've got arguably the the best midfielder that nobody knows about or not enough people know about. That's let me put it that way. It's not nobody. People who are who are well informed footy fans know how good of a player Tuke Miller is. And yeah. we've got Matt Rao. We've got right. Noah Anderson. We've yeah. got Elijah Hollands. He hasn't not yeah. played a game yet. We've got um, Alex Davies. He's only played one game and he's had a great preseason and played a great um, practice match against Port Adelaide. So we've got depth and that's what we need. I'm going to. Our, our teams are probably going to be strong because we've got players knocking on the door for mm-hmm. senior selection. Speaking of knocking, I'm going to touch wood right now and hope that Matty Rowell has a healthy season where he finally gets to show the comp what he's capable of doing. I hope everything goes fabulously well for him. And I, I don't want to see him holding a clipboard. No, <laughs> he, does hold a, he does hold a clipboard pretty well, but um, we can wait till he's retired. For him to there do you that. go. There you go. Yes, that's exactly right. So you, 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 you have, I'm hoping that, you know, one thing I'm going to do is once, once this episode comes out, I will definitely tag the, the Sun's Twitter account on this one because you are one heck of an advocate for this club. You, you know, I will not back down. I'll yeah. continue supporting this club, men, women, reserves, the whole club under uh-huh. 18s because the whole club focus and the way it's very promising what the club's doing. Um, and I'm excited about the future. It's going to be some great um, – it's really special to watch the club continue to rise, grow, and develop. And we are not going anywhere. Tasmania might be coming in the comp, but they will come in as a 19th team, not as the 18th team. Right, right. Well, that was actually something that I had I'd spoken with some of the other interviews that I've done because you are number 17 for me. And that has come up in conversation is, you know – Will the, you know, I've asked people that I said, you know, with regard to Tasmania, I said, will the, will the, will the AFL, if Gold Coast can, you know, struggles, will they throw in the towel and admit defeat, you know, and, and not throw quote unquote good money after bad and move the club to Tasmania, which, you know, I don't know if, I, I think Tasmania would like to start their own club from scratch. And I, you know, but I, I, and I hope they're successful there. And let me ask you this though. Once you finish up university and you, you're ready to start your career, are you going to go job hunting on the Gold Coast? No, because I've got a lot of commitments here in Melbourne that I just can't leave at the moment in community sport. And that's something I'm really passionate about. And okay. I don't want to just 
back. Oh, I'm passionate about the Suns, yes. I'm loyal to the Suns. Well, I'm also loyal to my community sporting roles, and I don't want to just drop them and leave them. Okay. So okay. on Tasmania, I hope they get a team. Mm-hmm. And I hope they get a standalone team because that's just what they deserve. That's what the people want. They don't want a team to be shift, um, shipped from Melbourne, Gold Coast, wherever. They want their own team. And it will um, provide more opportunities for players, for young players to play AFL football as well. Tasmania's Sarnu, um, they've always been a strong um, football state and it will really boost their footballing, developing um, state leagues, junior football, community football, boost everything in Tasmania. But I don't think the AFL is going to throw the tag in, uh, the towel in. That is not the Australian way. The Australian way is, you know, you're going to have some struggles. You're going to have hurdles you need to overcome, but you don't just give up because it's too hard. You keep on going and the fruits of the labour will come through. We will see success eventually. It doesn't have to be straight away, but we will see it. So I don't think the AFL is going to um, just throw the towel in. Um, I'll be very shocked if they do that. They don't want to see a club fall away. People say, oh, they've got no members. Well, I'm one of them. There's a, I know a lot of other Gold Coast supporters that are passionate about the club. They don't want to see their club go away. They don't want to see their club um, folded. They don't want to see their club move. Right, we're right. the Gold Coast Suns and we're staying the Gold Coast Suns. Right. It's, you know, and, I, and, and again, you know, I live... 15 time zones away at well 16 right now 15 tomorrow because we changed the clocks tonight um you know and i I hope they find success there because and i'm passionate i'm confident that we will yeah and you know speak to any fitzroy fan uh, were they happy that they got moved to brisbane no point great point i don't even support brisbane because that's not their club right well and that's it's funny you mentioned that because i i've actually talked about that with with other folks uh I don't, I don't know if you've ever watched the TV program, Jack Irish. Okay. It's got guy, guy Pierce is in that show, but one of this, one of the places that, that is in the show all the time is a bar in Melbourne. And it has three guys that, that go to this bar all the time who are probably in their eighties and everybody is wearing Fitzroy gear. There's Fitzroy memorabilia all over the walls. They've got their Fitzroy scarves on their buttons and it's in the present day. So these guys are like, you know, really still stuck in the, damn it, we were Fitzroy and we'll always be Fitzroy, even though our club left. But I see, I can understand that because being a, uh, a Cleveland Browns fan, you know, in the NFL, our, you know, our team has been around since the 1940s. And in 1994, our, the team owner moved the team to Baltimore and they became the Baltimore Ravens. And then we got, you know, they brought the, the Browns got reconstituted as an expansion team four years later, and they've struggled in many ways. They've been a lot like the Suns because they, one step forward, two steps back. And uh, they made the finals. They made the playoffs in 2020. But last year struggled a little bit because their their quarterback got injured a little bit. So we've talked about the positives that have happened that are that you're looking for this year now. I know you don't want to look for these things, but let me ask you this. What if what are you going to notice that's going to make you think, uh-oh, this is not going as well as I had hoped this year? What are the things what are the things that you're looking for that you hope to not see? Well, it's going to start next week round 1. We should be beating West Coast. 
I don't know if you've spoken to a West Coast fan yet. I, but, I just I just um, released my episode today for it. Yeah. Yep. West Coast are in a good space at the moment. And I feel for them, they've got a lot of injuries at the moment. Mm-hmm. A few COVID dramas that they're sorting out. Um, yes, it's in Perth, but we should beat them, particularly with our list. So we should beat them. If we lose to West Coast next week, yes, it's only one game, but you need to keep that in mind. It's, uh, you need to start to win those games quickly because um, West Coast, we should win. The teams that we should be beating, Adelaide, North Melbourne, if we lose to North Melbourne, that's going to be interesting to see the out, the outcome of that because we shouldn't be losing to North Melbourne. We do play them twice um, in Darwin, which is part of our partnership with the NT government in mm-hmm. TIO Stadium. And then we play them in Marvel at the end of the year. Um, Carlton, I even, we've had a good rivalry with Carlton, an interesting one. Um, we should beat Carlton, but it depends on what Carlton team comes out in the park. It depends on what Gold Coast team come out in the park. Um, another thing too, you mentioned what signs would tell me that we're not going as well as we hoped. Mm-hmm. I say it every year and it goes for every club. Injuries. If we're starting to lose our key players like we did last year, losing Matt Rail round one, Jared Witts, Hugh Greenwood, um, Connor Butterick. If we, I know Hugh's not at the club anymore, and we might talk about that maybe. Um, well, I was going to ask you. Yeah, I was going to get to that and ask we'll you. We'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> well, we lost them early in the year, and some of them we lost for most of the year as well. So if we're starting to see those injuries to our star players early on in the year, we're going to think, well, it's going to be a tough year. We do need players to stand up and not get hit anymore with injuries. Um, it's not not an excuse, but it is a factor that you need to keep in mind. It does have an impact on the results. Mm-hmm. Um, for those two, at least if we're, like, again, if we're in front by three, four, five, six, seven goals at halftime and then we lose a game, well, you need to question why that happens. We saw that in the women's against Western Bulldogs. We were in front by four goals at three-quarter time and we draw the game. Mm-hmm. That's not good. You shouldn't be losing that, particularly in the women. Four goals is a pretty big margin. Right. So something similar to that in the men. If With 15-minute quarters, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if, if we're losing games that we're way in front, you need to start asking questions. So those are some factors that we'll keep in mind. But again, we're going to lose some games that we should win. And we'll probably end up going to win some games that we shouldn't be winning. So you look at it that way. Yeah, that's a, uh, that is a, um, that's, that's a very positive outlook I on, saw that the, last, on the yeah. negatives. That's a positive look outlook on the year. negatives. We, um, we should have beaten North Melbourne. We didn't in Tasmania. Mm-hmm. And then we come out and we beat Richmond at Marvel Stadium. And that has been the best atmosphere I've experienced at a football game. It was phenomenal under the roof. Uh, not under the roof, because I got bird poo on me because they left the roof open. <laughs> that's <laughs> different, that's a, um, a different story, that one. But, um, yeah, and even the Giants in Ballarat, we win by a point or two. Um, I cried after that game because mm-hmm. I was just so happy that those are the games we lose, and we finally won a game by a point when we shouldn't have won it. Okay, yeah, that's, 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 that's a good thing. So, so who are you the... You know, you've mentioned several names and several, you know, young players who have yet to uh, to be blooded and to debut yet. But who are you the most excited about seeing out there this year? 
I'm excited to see Elijah Hollands. Now, he has not played an AFL game. Most of you listening to this would have no idea who he is, but he was dominant in the under-18s NAB League. And he had a few injuries that made him slip down a little bit, but he was still our first pick, our only pick in the 2020 National Draft for the 2021 season. Then he had an ACL injury and he had a few injuries that kept him out last year. But he came into our VFL team, reserves team, at the end of the year and started showing some promising uh, signs. We weren't going to put him in the seniors straight away. In the past, we would have been playing players in the seniors that didn't deserve to be there or just coming back from injury. Now, they play in the reserves once they're ready and they actually demand a position in the seniors they're going to get in. And that's a positive. That's what the type of system we want to be having. So he's going to debut this year, hopefully, and he could well and truly win the rising star. He's such a bull. We've got a bull in Noah Anderson. We've got a bull in Matt Rowe, Tuke Miller, but he is another one that's going to add to our depth in the middle of the ground. And he's just, he goes through traffic. He just gets through traffic when you think, oh, how is he going to get through that? Well, he gets through it. And he's got a pretty good kick too. Okay. That's, I mean, that's somebody definitely to look forward to there. I, uh, um, and the late kick, some of our kicking. Now, or, and I, has he been, did he, say, yeah, go ahead. Some kicking's really important because particularly if a young team, the forwards, they want great kicks coming through great ball movement. Mm-hmm. If the um, kicks coming into the forward line are crappy or not too good, then the forwards really need to work hard to get the ball. You want great um, balls coming through to make your forwards' jobs easier. Um, that's where the in the AFLW, the skills aren't as great, so the forwards don't get as um, good ball coming through into the forward line. So in the men, there's still players that do struggle with their kicking or has a, has a um, kick on the, off the side of the boot or things like that. So if you've got a good kick, it really helps get that edge over the opposition. And, and it's, you know, um, it's just, yeah, I'm looking at the, uh, at your list and I'm looking at the breakdown that I pulled off of the zero hanger website. And, you know, you had, you know, you had uh, four players that retired, you know, and you lost, you lost Hugh Greenwood. And I'm sure that, I'm sure that had to hurt because. But you look at the positive. He's 30 years old. He's come back from an injury. Yes, he's going to be a good, he's a good player. And he'll star for North Melbourne this year. We don't know how long he's got left. He might have four years. He might only have two. We've got a player in Alex Davies who's played one AFL game. He's now ready to fill the shoes of Hugh Greenwood. He's had a great preseason. And I'm sure we're going to start to see the development in him that Hugh would have been holding a spot in the team and Davies may have missed out on some games. Well, so now he's going to be able to develop, continue to grow, continue to improve. And when he gets, when he would have been just starting to get into a role in the team, now he's going to have that experience behind him and start to really star. And as you so look as, at a positive. And one of the other positives is the fact that, you know, that somebody who is 30 years old, that his salary was probably significantly higher than maybe some of the other players on the club, which frees up that money to then be able to be used to sign some of your younger players to longer term contracts. So, so in a way, you know what, that is, 
do you think that they went ahead and just let that happen that way anyway? And they just, you know, do you think it was an accident or do you think it was accidentally on purpose? I think it was an accident, but you look at the positive of uh-huh. what's, what's come out of it. Um, I don't know exactly the conversations that were happening between Hugh and the club, but the way I read it is that Hugh was told, look, we, we just to do fill all the um the protocols of the AFL, we need to delist one pl- more player, but we will sign him up. Hugh's a clubman, or we assumed he was a clubman. He agreed to that, and then throughout the days after that was agreed on and announced, then North Melbourne offered him a contract that he would not turn down. He mm-hmm. just couldn't. It was so lucrative, and I don't blame him. He has to look at ways to support his family. He's got a two young one or two young kids his wife to look after as well on him so he needs to set him up for life so they offered him a mega contract that he could not turn down and he had a discussion with the club and unfortunately for us he went and joined north melbourne but you look at the positive of what was come out for out of that further club unfortunately we got nothing off him from north melbourne for him but you win some you lose some yeah, that's true. That's true. But, you know, you you do did free up that cap space. Now, you mentioned that, you know, you are you are a, a supporter of, of the club, you know, that is. You know, a, how many how many kilometers is it from Melbourne to Gold Coast, if I may ask it? I, I, is it if you were to fly there, is it about a three hour flight, a four hour flight? It's about a two hour flight. OK, um, what I'll what I did a few times last year, go up for the day. So get the first flight to the Gold Coast in the morning, get the last flight home. Okay. Um, so about two hour flight. Um, it's not close, but it's not far. Okay. So it's you about are about 17. I just Googled it right now. It's 17 hour drive, a 17 okay. hour drive. Okay. So reason I was asking that is because, and, and let's be honest with the way things are right now, you probably would rather fly than drive just because of, gasoline prices um yeah and i just don't have the time to be driving well that's yes that's true too but uh you you mentioned to me before we before we hit record tonight that you are uh you're you're not you're not a sun supporter that just sits home and watches them on television you know you 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 support with your feet because tell tell us about what your schedule is as a sun supporter this year well as I said before, I'm involved in community football, community sports. That makes it difficult to travel to every game. However, um, looking back on, we're just getting towards the end of the AFL women's season now, the last game this afternoon. I think I've only watched one, two or three games on TV. The rest I've been at. We've been <laughs> lucky with that, that we've had um, three games in Melbourne, I think, at Casey Icon Park, the home of Carlton and the Wooden Oval, um, and St Kilda too, at Sandringham. So that's four. I travelled to the first game up in Mackay. We were loud, passionate. I probably lost my voice a little bit, but went to that game. I also went up to the Gold Coast Richmond women's game at Metricon Stadium as well. So that's two games I went to as that I travelled to, and the rest were all in Melbourne, fortunately for me. Uh-huh. Now, in terms of the men... I'm off to Perth next week. Thankfully, WA opened up their borders. So they did close their borders and they opened up for us. So perfect opportunity for me to go and support 
the Suns. And from what I'm hearing, we've got a pretty big Suns army turning up to that game. A lot of people I'm hearing are going to be there. So we are going to be loud. Then next, the second week of the season, we play the reigning premiers in Melbourne. And that's going to be a tough game. I'm not expecting to win it. But if we give a good shot, we play our brand of football, nothing's impossible. So I'll be going to that. And then um, junior football, community football starts. So it will get a bit difficult. But if now, we ever play a Saturday afternoon game, I'll go up for the day. Who, now, do, you, who do you play for? I don't play. I'm a coach and now secretary of the Keown Park Stars Junior Football Club, a local, okay. a local junior kids sporting club in Melbourne. So pretty involved there, which makes it a bit difficult to get away sometimes. But if I can get my assistant coach to step up in my role, I might head off to Darwin, hopefully, to watch the Suns play, um, Adelaide, Tasmania, and then I'll go up to a few games on the Gold Coast as well. So... I will be traveling quite a bit this year, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I love the club. I want to be there in person. And I've got money set aside for when we get to our first ever finals. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, the grand final is probably going to be in Melbourne. So I don't have to travel to that. Just have to get a half an hour train ride into the town. But other than that, I will be as many as many games as I can possibly get to. Okay. So that's maybe why you don't have to make the move up there yet. But maybe, maybe someday when you decide to settle down, maybe your career, maybe your career does take you there is when you get older. Maybe. Yeah. We will see. That would be great. So are you ready for a little bit of Suns trivia? I am. No guarantee I'm going to get them all right, but well, I'll let, give them let's my see best how spot. you do, let's see how you do here. Okay. Like I said, I have uh, two, four, six, seven questions for you. Okay. Now. Um, and some of them are, you know, related to 2021 and some of them are through the history of the club, but the club the doesn't have a very, very long history. So that shouldn't be too, you know, we're not talking going back to, you know, 1902 or anything like that. So, all right. So, formed. There you go. So who led the club in time on ground percentage in 2021? It is a name um, we have, you have not mentioned this name tonight. I'm going to say Charlie Ballard. Nope. What position does he play? It's a defender. So you were on the right track in terms of the positioning. I'm thinking Sam Collins, but he did miss a few games. But it is, but so, it's per yeah. percentage wise, though. So yes, it was Sam Collins. It, 94.1 percent and he is our general in the back line when he plays the mm -hmm. back line just lifts now he did have a few games out so the rest of the back line did have to step up in his shoes but he's such an important player if he plays all year doesn't get hit by injuries will be in good hands down back all right here comes your second question which club which club have the Suns defeated the most times in their history? And they've defeated okay. them seven times. I think North Melbourne. Mm -hmm. yep, yeah, you're right. It is and North Melbourne. Now we've, so we just got through it in 2020, but we've now defeated every club in the men. Mm -hmm. The women, we still have got a bit to go, but the men we've complete, we have won a game against every club. Port Adelaide, we haven't won since 2011, so hopefully we can um, beat them this year. 
let's let's hope that that's the case then you know it's well as long as it's not too long um and that's in adelaide too so that makes it a bit tougher <laughs> this year but we'll see all right here's a here is a, a a kind of a negative question here okay who had the worst disposal efficiency for the club in 2021 who had the worst disposal efficiency um Alex Sexton. Nope. I'll look at a positive. So there you go. I'm not really Isaac, looking at that. Isaac Rankin. And you know what? That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. 60, he's, 64%. He's got talent. He's got talent and he's is capable and he might just have a shocking game, but the last five minutes wins you the game. So he's capable of doing that, but he doesn't bring in those four quarter games and I think the clubs and the coaches are working with him to try and get that out of him this year but he doesn't bring those full four quarter games he just brings those moments of brilliance okay now I've got three three more questions I'm not here. going too well at the moment you're doing okay you've got uh you got well you got the second question right and you got this the second answer correct so on, one the second, on the first one so actually we have four more questions left here who has played the most games in Suns history? Oh, I reckon Jared Harbrow. That's correct. Yeah. And last year, he probably could have played a little bit more, but he was getting towards the back end of his career and was just doing a development role, helping in the VFL. And he's mm -hmm. still involved in the club, um, particularly working with our Indigenous players. So... He's a real good clubman. He is a life member of the club as well. And it's and it's almost a shame that he wasn't able to get to 200 games. Yeah. That would have been he great. He deserved it. But he played the last game um, at Marvel Stadium, unfortunately, in front of nobody. But he's a legend of our football club. Yes. Yes, absolutely. All right. And I, I don't use that term lightly, but he is a legend of the club. Well, don't take this completely the wrong way, but the club has not had a whole lot of success in its first decade plus. So there probably would not be a lot of opportunities to have legends of the club yet. No. So let's, let's hope that in another generation, there are a heck of a lot more of them. And we'll start seeing things like uh, David Swallows. No, um, yeah, David Swallow, not Andrew Swallow. Andrew Swallow, Swallow is his brother. Um, David Swallow is another one. He had all these opportunities to go back home, to mm -hmm. go and play with his brother, but he stayed with the club. And he's now not not captain anymore, but he's still a great leader. And the David Swallow Stadium, the David Swallow Medal. Well, we'll wait and see what happens after he retires. Same thing with Jared Harbrow. He'll get hopefully get some recognition somewhere. All right. Who did Gold Coast defeat for their first ever win in 2011? Port Adelaide at Amy Stadium, and we came back in that game too. So it was a great moment in Suns history. 104 to 101. Yep. All right. And that happened because Justin Westoff had a shot after the siren or just on the siren and he missed it and he went through for a point. Watch Nothing. the last quarter if you get a chance, people at home. It was a great moment in Sun's history. There you go. There you go. Who had who had the most tackles for Gold Coast last year? Chick Miller. There you go. 149. So you've so got, you talk about him coming through packs, being a bull, but he works hard. 
he does so much um, work off the ball and his tackling is phenomenal. And our tackling in the men and the women as well has been a pretty much part of our footballing brand. Mm-hmm. You know, you've, you've got, you've answered four and a half out of six questions correct here. So I think you're doing a lot better than you thought Question you were going I didn't to get right. Well, was, yeah. Okay. Here's again, that was because it was a negative outlook on the club. I look at well, the positives. There you go. Um, after Tom Lynch's 254 goals, who has kicked the second most? Alex you didn't even let me finish the question, but yes, that's correct with 150. And Alex Sexton. He played for my junior football club, the Cam Park Stars Junior Football Club, and he also attended, and this was before he moved up to Queensland in his teens, he also went to my school, St. Monica's College. So we share a bit of similarities, Alex and I. Fantastic. And, and, and you know, I know that, you know, that the, the, the club has their academy going now as well, which is which, you know, a lot of the other clubs don't necessarily have that type of a setup going right now. I know Sydney is doing this. So that I would think, yeah, yeah, I would think that that would start to pay off for them pretty well in the future as some of these kids, you know, begin to mature. Again, I look at the women a lot and I'm a big supporter of what we're doing in the women's space. But you look at our women's team and there's a lot of players that have come up through the academy. And they played together since they were in their mid-teens. And you can see this start to come through. They played together since they were 15 and they know each other. They know what they're like as a player. And the same thing we're going to start to see with the men as well. Alex okay. Davey, who I talked about before, an academy product. Mm-hmm. So I've got a couple more things before we wrap up here. Uh, first off... Um, the sun season ends in 2022, whenever that is, if it's at the end of round 23 or if it's after a, you know, a, a, a finals game, uh, what does the headline in the newspaper on the Gold Coast say at the end of the season about the sun's year? I'll give you two. Okay. Suns win maiden premiership is the number one. I'll always be positive. Okay. <laughs> if that doesn't happen... Sons earn respect amongst the competition. If we're a team that's known that we're always going to give fight, we're always going to make teams have to earn their victories, then I think we've done our job. Okay, that that is a great uh, that is a great answer there. Yeah, I I'll tell you what you know, even though it wouldn't be the Cats winning, that sure would be exciting to 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 see the Suns win that, you know, I mean, that would be coming, that would be, you know, like the underdog story of my lifetime for that to happen. And it would, and it would have, you would have the, so many people involved in the comp, whether they're supporters, broadcasters would have to eat a lot of humble pie. They'd have to go, okay, we didn't see that happening. Hello, cane corns. Hello, <laughs> I could go on, but I won't. Um, I'm not sure if he listens. So if you want to go on, no. you go right ahead. And I think there's a lot of people in the football industry, players, supporters, media, whatever. They want to see the club do well. They want to see us do well. They've got no reason to hate us, number one. We're not right, that right. dominant, but yeah. they want to see us do well. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I, 
I, I love watching clubs, you know, get successful, especially ones that have scuffled and have not had success yet. It's great to see them build back up. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching your club play and mature. I'm looking forward to watching North Melbourne mature. Maybe not Hugh Greenwood having a great year for them because I'm sure you. you know. <laughs> so last couple of things here. Can anybody stop Melbourne this year? Yes, they can. Um, I think, yes, Melbourne won last year. They had a lot of things go their way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to struggle only because I think they might, not a premiership hangover, but they might think things are just going to happen. That's my opinion. It doesn't mean I'm right. I'm probably going to be wrong and they're going to win the premiership by 20 points, um, 10 goals, whatever. But I think, yes, they had success last year and it was great. But, and again, it might be that I want to see new teams win premierships. And yes, mm-hmm. that is a new team. They haven't won a flag in ages. But I think being back to a normal season, things will change. Uh, Melbourne won't win the premiership. They might, they might will make finals probably, but they're going to be a little bit cocky. That could be me because there's a few Gold Coast players playing for Melbourne, but like Stephen May. But mm-hmm. um, I think there'll be someone new. And if it's not Gold Coast, and I know people might say, what are you talking about with this one? But I would like to see Brisbane win. I think that's just going to be good for Queensland football if okay, Gold Coast can't get that's up. A good and they deserve it. Chris Fagan, if we didn't have Stuart Jew, I would want Chris Fagan as our coach. I think, yeah, I think you know, the, the, that the players at, at Brisbane love that man. Yeah, I really do. It, it's, uh, I think so. So who have you got in your top four this year? Top four? So I would say Bris- uh, Gold Coast number one, but Realistically, if we make finals, it'll be seventh, eighth, maybe uh, six. It'll be in the bottom half of the eight if we make it. I'm happily to be proven wrong, meaning we make top four. But I'm thinking it will be um, Port Adelaide, Brisbane, possibly, and this might even um, surprise a few, I'm really liking what Adelaide is doing. I think they could be like a Brisbane of 2019, but they came from they, – they they beat Geelong last year. They yes, beat they Melbourne. Did. Yes, they did. They, they're showing some they – can, they can match it with the best. So That, that would be one heck of a climb, bolter to up the ladder if I that think, happened. Wow. I think they will, they will bolt up the ladder. They might not make it to the top four, even though I've said it that they're going to make top four here, but they won't be finishing bottom. And again, I'm probably going to be proven wrong. And for my last spot in the eight, well, maybe even Sydney. Sydney did. They might. Adelaide might do what Sydney did last year. Okay. Um, That's a- again. We we talk about predictions at this time of the year. Most mm-hmm. of the time, it's completely wrong. But we have to make a prediction. This is what I'm predicting. And then Gold Coast will finish between fifth and eighth. I think. Okay. Well, I, I'll tell you. I did not have Melbourne in my top eight last year. But I did have the Bulldogs in the grand final, so I had I had and them. The Bulldogs and, could even come away and win the premiership too. Yeah. But I think it, it's going to be another close season, another close comp. And as football fans, that's what we want to be seeing. 
any okay. team can beat anyone on any given day. All right. So, um, Litton, I, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your Sunday afternoon. You know, you're, if the, if the fan base, if the supporter base in gold coast, the, the ones that live in gold coast can develop the passion that you have for this club, then this, this, this supporter base is going to grow. It's going to become stronger and stronger and stronger. You, you are one heck of an ambassador for this club and they, they are lucky to have you as a supporter. And I, I'm, I'm so glad that you got recognized, you know, with, with what you have done. Um, and that's just, that is just absolutely thrilling that that, that, that happened for you. Uh, I wish them nothing but the best this year. You know, I've, I've got, you know, I only have one club that I want to not be successful and it's purely for selfish reasons. Uh, and that is Carlton. Um, I thought you're going to say Geelong, man. No, I'm, I'm, no, I want Geelong to, I'm a Geelong supporter. I want them to be successful. Hey, you've had your turn 2007, 2009, 2011. Give it to someone else. I, I wasn't following the game then. So those don't count in my <laughs> mind. No, I, uh, and I don't know if you've listened to any of the, uh, the episodes that, that I talked about this, but, and I'll, we'll wrap up here after this, but uh, right before the grand final, I had, um, I had interviewed a gentleman who had played on Melbourne's 1964 premiership team and the, the radio show, the sporting capital reached out because they wanted to have him on the show. So they wanted his contact information. And so I passed it along to him. His, his son lives here in the United States as well. And I talk to him all the time and they said, well, we want to have you on the show as well. Cause you know, we think it's really interesting that you're an American who's doing a, a podcast about footy. And I thought this, this is, the advertising that I need. If I can get my name out there on that show, it's going to, you know, it's going to maybe get people to check it out and tune in. Cause I don't, I, I don't have the resources to spend money on advertising. It's just word of mouth, hoping that people that listen will share the episodes. Uh, well, the morning I was supposed to be on Carlton hired Michael Voss. That was announced that day. I was supposed to be on that day. So they sent me an email and said, well, Carlton just hired their new coach, so we're not going to be able to have you on today. So I've just, for purely selfish reasons, I hope Carlton doesn't have a lot of success. But, uh, and then I, but they did tell me, they said, well, we want to have you back on. And I thought, well, that's fantastic. So I tried to, I tried to email the producer last week and he's no longer, his email address no longer works there. So he's evidently not at the, at the radio station anymore. So there went my contact oh. to get on there. Quickly on Michael Voss, if he didn't get the Carlton job, he was coming to the Suns as an assistant coach was my mail. So I'm a bit annoyed at Carlton too because <laughs> I, I love Vossi. I think he's great. He's a great coach. So he would have been great for the club. But we've still got some good um, coaches. And um, Stephen King from Bulldogs apparently has had a great impact on the club. Um, Wayne Campbell, um, our new general manager of football, mm -hmm. he's also had a good impact. But I won't go on because I've, don't have enough time, but I could talk about them for en weeks. En enjoy the enjoy the uh, AFLW contest today, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. My guest has been Linton Martin. Linton, thanks so very much, man. When this comes out, I will shoot you an email, okay, so you can share it with everybody. Dude, we are the sons of the Gold Coast guy. We're the team who never says die. Outstanding, man. Have a great week, okay? And a huge thank you to Linton Martin for being so generous with his time. Don't forget that you can reach me 
at yankonthefootyatgmail.com. And you can find me on Twitter at yank underscore on, as well as on Facebook and Instagram at a yank on the footy. You can also find the podcast on my website, as I'd mentioned before, ayankonthefooty.com. Remember, if you're on the mailing list, those episodes will come out to you as soon as they are published. They go there before they go anywhere else. And folks, I want to thank you for checking out the podcast. This has been an absolute labor of love going through the preview episodes. I have one more episode that is recorded that I've not released yet, and that is the Western Bulldogs episode. And I'm really looking forward to getting that one to you. I'm planning on working on that one yet this evening as well. And uh, just an a fascinating gentleman that I spoke to. And even if you're not a Bulldogs fan, you're going to want to listen to his story because it is truly, truly a great one. I do hope you'll consider sharing a link to your favorite episode with your friends out on social media. It really helps the word of mouth to get the podcast out there. I had a, a wonderful, humbling review shared with me overnight. Uh, I, I can't thank uh, that gentleman enough for that. It was it was great to read, and, and I truly appreciate his, uh, his kind words. And folks, we are very, very soon going to have footy for real here in the men's comp this year uh, with the rematch of the grand final. I can't wait to kick it off and get this thing going. But first I have to release my Bulldogs episode, and I'm still trying to track down a Richmond supporter. So if you are a Richmond supporter and you want to come on, please reach out. We may not be able to talk until this weekend, so one round may be in the books before we talk. But I still would like to do a preview episode with the Tigers. And ladies and gentlemen, as always, may your dribble kick never, ever, ever hit that post, and I will catch you later. This has been episode 148 of A Yank on the Footy. Again, don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on Twitter or to yankonthefooty at gmail.com. And I look for A Yank on the Footy on both Instagram and on Facebook. And please check out the website, yankonthefooty.com. I do hope you enjoy, enjoy, enjoy round one. And thanks again so much, very much for listening. And until next time, folks, goodbye. <laughs>